Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Yo, what's up? Um, hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm Bren, if you don't know. Um, I introduced myself to somebody last week. I said, hey, nice to meet you, I'm Bren. They're like, bread? And it's okay if you don't get it right. If you call me Brent, you won't offend me. Uh, my name is actually Brendan. And surprisingly, I'm not Lucas. Um, I'm only bringing this up because, yeah, I'm only bringing this up because multiple times after Sunday mornings, I'll be in the bathroom washing my hands and somebody's going, great message today. Thank you so much for blessing us. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't me. I'm, I'm really sorry. And like at the first time, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then we were at a youth conference and Lucas was speaking at, and he's like, oh, Pastor Lucas, uh, in your message when you said this, what did you mean? I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but I, I bet you it was something good. Um, but yeah, it, it happens. So yeah, not Lucas, I'm Bren, um, but I'm happy to be here with you tonight. Um, tonight, we are going to be talking about uh, Acts. Surprise, surprise. Um, we are in part two of our Acts series, and we've been talking about Paul now for a little while. And he's kind of been hopping around from place to place to place to place. And I have a little map in my Bible. And when I really look at it, I'm like, man, that's a lot of spots. And like, I just imagine myself hiking from spot to spot. And like, after like 2K, I'm ready to like sit down, eat a snack. But he continued to persist, persist from place to place. But then we find him in Ephesus. And that's where we're going to be today. Um, So Ephesus, what was it? Where was it? Um, Ephesus was a pretty remarkable place. Ephesus was the capital city of a Roman province in Asia. Ephesus was a significant center of trade located near a harbor at the mouth of Caister River in Western Asia Minor. This feels like I'm in a documentary or something. Uh, The city lay in a long, fertile valley. Major roads connected Ephesus to all other significant areas in Asia Minor. Ephesus, this is my favorite part, Ephesus was known for its amphitheater, the largest in the world, designed to hold up to 50,000 spectators. Like, come on, a T-Swizzle concert would go crazy there, right? (laughs) Swifties would show up. Um, But also with Ephesus, it was a pretty big deal. They they had this big metal manufacturing thing going on there um, where they had the great temple of Artemis, or Diana, as they called it, built in 550 BC. Um, This temple was actually considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And why do I say that is because maybe, maybe, maybe some previewing for the future, but uh, they were very much uh, an influential people. There was a lot of them, that's for sure. And they were very much into idol worshiping, as uh, Lucas talked about last week. But today we are reading in chapter 19. So if you want to grab a Bible and follow along, it should be behind me as well. Uh, go ahead and grab that. So... Verse 19, verse 1. We're going to take a quick look at just like a couple chunks of scripture here. And it just says what what Paul did in his initial little time in in Ephesus here. So while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found several believers and asked them, 
did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and, the, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were 12 men in all. Then, right after that, it says in verse 8, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months. Speaking boldly for about 14 seconds has me out of breath, I'm going to be honest. So God loved this man and blessed this man. He spoke boldly there for three months, arguing uh, persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became stubborn. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the believers with him and had discussions daily in the lecture halls of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. And then jumping down to verse 11 and 12, it says this. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that he had touched, when they were taken to sick, their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. So there's a lot of incredible things that are happening here. We just see like Paul going from place to place, maybe taking a seat, having a nice apple, having a nice little snack. But now he's in Ephesus and he just like jumps in and dives in right into everything. We see him beginning, which is really key here, we see him beginning by bringing the good news of the gospel. The first thing that he does when he gets there is he's, he meets other believers who, who've heard about Jesus, but yet they've heard all these things, but they haven't yet experienced the Holy Spirit. And that was like, they, they knew of like, it's not called like the Holy Duo, it's the Holy Trinity. Like they knew of the Jesus and the whole God thing, but the Holy Spirit was really what, the, what was key in, in, into their next growth in, in their relationship with God. So we see him beginning to, to baptize in the Holy Spirit and moving because the Spirit was with him. Then we see him speaking, teaching, and arguing with these people for three months. And like I said before, like, speaking boldly for three months, that would be exhausting. Like, are you kidding me? Um, like, I'm, I'm not a big conf confrontation guy. Uh, anybody who knows me would, would know that. Thanks, Jess. Um, <laughs> So, like, my argument would probably last of about 30 seconds. I'd just lay out all the facts, like, here you go, do what you want with them, and i just kind of leave. Um, <laughs> and then later I'd be, like, walking home, and then all of a sudden we'd just, like, something else would click. I'd kick a rock and get kind of mad and run back. But the thing is with Paul, for the three months, uh, he didn't have to do that because the Spirit was with him, guiding his hand, guiding his teachings, and guiding his words. Even, even after that, even after him saying all the right things for three consecutive months. People still refused his teachings, but Paul continued to persist. Paul went to go to Tyrannus and give lectures and lead discussions. And what I love about this is he was kind of just going from place to place to place. And when he, once he reached Ephesus, he was like, okay, I'll baptize in the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'll, I'll maybe argue for about three months. And then now I'm just going to give these lectures day in and day out for two years. I don't think there's ever been a moment where I've just all of a sudden, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to go talk for like two years and then I don't know, I'll just kind of figure it out. 
But in the, in the Bible scope, that seems kind of like nothing, just two years in itself. We're talking about 500 B.C. when, when the statues were built and, and all these other things. But two years can kind of seem small. But honestly, if I was asking you tonight, okay, we're going on a trip tomorrow, and you ask how long, I said two. And you're like, two what? And I said two years. I think you wouldn't pack just a suitcase and a backpack. I think it would be a little bit more than that. Two years that he actually took time to settle in, to impact a community, to set up, to pray into. But what I really love about all of this, if we, if we look at it in a grand scope of things, Paul shows up full of the Holy Spirit. He had seen Jesus. He had seen his works and what happened. And he, he, he was full of the Holy Spirit, moving forward with a mission, with a call, with a purpose. He starts preaching the gospel to those who don't know it. They become saved. I wish it was that easy sometimes. My goodness. You just go and be like, hey, you ever heard of Jesus? Just saved, baptized? That'd be sick. Make my job a lot easier. <laughs> Paul goes on then to teach more people and more people to argue, to argue with the opposition, yet he continues to persist. It's not like all of this just happened, and within that three months to two years, it was just sunshines and rainbows. He, he continued having to fight people on, on their objectives, on, on, on words that they were saying over him. It actually says um, later in, in, in chapter 19 that there was actually a riot that started because, because of Paul. Like, it's not like a parade, like, oh, yes, a nice parade. Like, he was, like, chased around by people, like, I don't know, the pitchforks back then. Um, I'm sure those were invented at some point. But he was stirring, he was stirring up a lot going on here. He was, he was making a difference, he was moving. He, and then on top of that, not only was he teaching and preaching and arguing, but one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite parts, it says, not only did he do it for the three months, but the two years, it was so that all, all the Jews and Greeks who lived in this province would hear the word of the Lord. All of them. And on top of that, God did his miracles. God showed up. He helped heal. He helped cast out demons. And it wasn't like it was just this time of teaching, but God actually showed up in miraculous and incredible ways. But what does the fruit of Paul's ministry teach us? I honestly believe to see fruit in our lives, what we see from Paul is we need to be full of the Spirit. So what does that mean? It means that is knowing God personally and actually taking time with him. These people, when Paul first shows up and he teaches them the gospel, they've heard of Jesus, they've heard of God, but yet they still didn't know the Spirit. And to actually know the Spirit, Paul introduced them to that. And what they had to do was they had to pray, they had to talk, they had to take time. And something that, that I, must, I must stress is if, if you're a new Christian, if you've been a Christian for a lot of years, there, there's a lot of ups and downs that you go through. There's a lot of progress. There's a lot of steps back that you'll also take. But I want, to, I want you to always know, don't rush your personal growth with God. Because it's his timing, it's not your timing. And on top of that, uh, there's another story in Acts 19.34 uh, that's actually pretty cool. So basically all those things that Paul just did. And then he goes and he talks to basically like a factory that makes, that's like a metalwork factory. I didn't even know those existed back then. And 
He talks to them and all these workers, trying to tell them to stop doing their work. Crazy. But what they were actually doing is because the metal workers, they were making these idols. And he's like, that's against God. That's not really right. And so he gathers up all these people. And then once all the workers find out he's a Jew, they start yelling at him. And they start yelling, great is Artemis. Artemis is their God. Great is Artemis of Ephesians. Great is Artemis of Ephesians. For how long? For two hours. They're yelling this for two hours. Like one sentence, yelling that straight for two hours. I'm going to be talking maybe for 25 minutes. I'm probably not even going to talk tomorrow on my day off, okay? Like that would be exhausting. Um, But when you think about it, when I I first thought about it, I was like two hours. That's honestly insane. Like I'd get kind of bored. I'd be like, all right, okay, see you guys. Work meeting sucks. Um, but honestly, when I took a look at it, and that two hours, I was like, well, what's about two hours? A movie, listening to an album, going to the club with your friends, studying, hanging out, going to a concert, whatever it may be, how often do we substitute, substitute or put ahead of God those two hours? What would it be like if you actually just gave God two hours of your week? two hours of your month, two hours of your day. It doesn't have to be this big thing, but to actually grow with him, to actually know him, you have to spend time and take time with him. Number two, preach the gospel. To preach the gospel, you need to speak the truth, the good news, love like Jesus. So you need to know God's word, know what Jesus did, and love like him in your day-to-day lives. Like I said before, spending that time and actually taking that time to grow, giving yourself that grace that not everything's gonna be instantaneous. We take a look at what Paul is doing and it's just like verses back to back to back to back to back of him baptizing in the Holy Spirit, him teaching and teaching and teaching for months to years to healing the sick. And it all seems like it's all compact in about this much English. And that is a lot, a lot of time. It seems like everything happens so fast and we assume that the same thing's gonna happen for us, but when you actually break it down and look at it, it was a lot of time in between those moments. You need to give yourself the time for patience and a pursuit, which goes to my next point. You need to give yourself time for longevity. Whether that be in a place, whether that be in a job, whether that be with a friend group, with your family, You need to give him time. You have to invite God in and give him time to put him first, but as well to pursue him. Pursue him with all you got and be patient for what he has for you in that situation. And be consistent. Paul was met by a lot of opposition. A lot. If a riot happened in my name, you bet I'd be on my first flight to like Alaska or something where nobody knows me. But Paul was met by a lot of opposition, and yet he stayed. He continued to stay. He found a community. He found people that he loved. He found people that shared his same heart and his vision. And he continued to see, through the good and the bad, the fruit of God, the fruit of the Spirit. He saw his world changing around him right in front of him because he was in tune with the Holy Spirit, because he knew the gospel, because he gave himself time for longevity and for consistency. And looking at him, he was one guy, when you boil it down. He was one guy who just went from place to place to place, but with a mission, <clears throat> sorry, that God had called him to. 
yeah, he's pretty amazing. Um, but if I'm being completely honest, when looking at Paul, why can't we have what he did today? It's the same spirit. It's the same God. It's the same Jesus that died on the cross, that created you, that created the heavens and the earth, that is still accessible today. And if you never, if, if this is your first time at church, and you're like, whoa, what's this dude talking about? Uh, please come find me after. I'll give you a book or something. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We'll like talk or whatever. Um, but seriously, the same God that created you, that loves you, that knows you, that's put calling and purpose on your life. And a plan, like it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, is the same God that's accessible today. But it's really funny. <clears throat> Whenever I'm reading a Bible story, I try to put myself in, in the main character's shoes. And I think when things get hard, like I said, if somebody was rioting, if I had more than a 30-minute argument, I'd be like, yep, okay, God, next thing. Like, that wasn't it. Run it back. What's the next city? But he stayed and he pursued. But I think it's so common nowadays, and, and, and don't, don't hear me wrong in this, but, but when things get hard sometimes, we're so quick to just exit. We always kind of have, like, these backup plans. Like, okay, hold on. So does anyone here have, like, a dream backup career job or like something that's like in the back of their minds. Cause like when I was going to UVic, oh my goodness, did I ever? And I love my job. I love my job. Like a lot. I hope Lucas doesn't hear this. I love it. But here's my three backup plan jobs. Just, just really quick, just really quick. Uh, when days get hard, when days get hard, I'm like, oh man, you know, we sick. I could be a little float plane pilot. I just puddle hop from Victoria to Vancouver, check out like little islands of Victoria. Or like my, my number two was being an adventure photographer for Nat Geo. Come on, everyone's thought about it. Everyone, come on, come on. And lastly, lastly, uh, would be a soundtrack director for movies. I think that would be the, I remember like being in UVic. I was like, I hate my life. Uh, I'm not, I'm probably not gonna do this pastor thing. And there's a school in like California. I was like, this close to doing it. But... As I'm here today, God clearly had other plans. <laughs> and through persistence, through pursuit of Christ, from a call on a 12-year-old's life, who the last thing that they ever wanted to do is speak on a stage is now here today. And it was really funny because I remember being 12. I remember this whole idea of, of calling and purpose, and I thought it was just only based on a job, but calling can be so much more than a career and other things, but I remember just on my heart, God saying, that's going to be you up there one day. I was like, ain't no shot, God. Like, couldn't be me. I'll be like, I don't know. I'll be in the background. I'll just, just, no, don't put me up there. Uh, but I thought about it, and that same summer, I was actually baptized in the Holy Spirit, which was pretty cool. Then a couple years later, I kind of kept quiet about it. When I was 15, <clears throat> I really felt the call of God saying, Brent, you're going to be the youth pastor at Glad Tidings. I was like, okay, you know what? You said this once when I was 12. Yeah, let's, let's see how this goes. Maybe, maybe. So I remember telling a few people in my life, and they're like, that is not a good idea. I was like, huh, you're right. Um, <laughs> well, um, but I remember feeling so empowered in that moment of calling feeling so ready to just jump into 
what I felt that God had right, right ahead of me. But I was, I was immediately met by opposition. I felt like I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do because other people didn't think it was right or wiser people older than me thought it was a bad idea. I also remember my grandpa once said to me, he's like, don't go into ministry unless you know for sure you're called. And for like the next seven years, I tried to figure out what did that mean? Um, <laughs> but I'm here. I made it. Uh, I wish I could say that those, those nine years from the initial calling to actually getting the job were, were nice and easy. I wish I could say I just immediately aligned my life and that I didn't waste a bunch of money at UVic in engineering and that I didn't cry in a class. I'm just kidding, maybe. Um, I wish I could say that I did everything perfectly up until that moment from calling to when I got the job at the age of 21. But I didn't. You may have a call in your life. You may have something that you feel pressing is on your heart that's come from God. And I want to tell you to continue to pursue him and be persistent and give him the longevity that he needs to show up. Because God's timing isn't always my timing. Because I'm, I, I want it now. When I was 15, I was like, yeah, get me up there. Get me preaching. Like, I'll even ask myself now. I'm like, dude, what would 15-year-old Bren do? That kid was like on something new. Um, it was Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But I still even remember when I got this job at 21. I, I didn't even tell Lucas I wanted this job growing up. Um, my life was actually going a different way. I'd kind of open-handed been like, God, just take me where you want. I was at Bible college. I was going to go for four years. But then I got a call and they were like, hey, you want the job? I was like, no way. Jesus is real. And now I'm here, which is really cool. But as soon as I got the job, it felt like it was so much work. It was so much tasks. It was so much opposition and trying to figure things out and frustration, being angry with God, excited with God. And I remember I got the job and someone really close to me was like, so uh, like, what are you gonna do after this? I was like, what? after this? Like, I'm just getting started. Like, I just got here. What do you mean after this? And four years later, if you ask me the same thing, I got the same answer. I'm just getting started. So wherever you're going in your life, whatever calling that you have placed on your life, whether that is a career, whether that's just a passion, whether that's just seeing one person, two people, or 300,000 people know the, the truth and the power of Jesus, would you know to give God time, to give him your patience and your pursuit? Would you allow yourself to be full of the Holy Spirit? Would you allow yourself to know his gospel? and give yourself time for longevity. The beauty that has come with this job is I've seen firsthand, I've seen students in the last four years be called to ministry. I've seen kids experience God's love, to know that they're not burdens, to know that they're not mistakes. I've seen kids <clears throat> sharing the gospel I've seen students as young as 11 and as old as 18 to 20 baptized in his name. I've seen students freed from addiction through the love and the grace of Jesus. And that all started from a little yes from a little 12-year-old kid who's too scared to jump up on a stage. But something I want you to understand is if we look at Paul's life, and if we go back to Acts 18, verse 9, it says this. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in the vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking, do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. 
Paul was meant by a lot of opposition. But the fruits that came out of his ministry from thousands of years ago continue to bless us today. And I hope that you know that, not only for Paul's life, is that true? Not only did that happen in my life, Pastor Lucas's, Pastor Andy's, but it's also very, very capable of yours. If you're called to something, career, like I said before, purpose, an idea, know that God doesn't necessarily always call the equipped, but he certainly and always will equip the called. And I say this as much as I can because I remember being like, yeah, ain't no shot. I don't got what you need. I'm good at math. I'm good at physics. Give me some numbers. I'll go hang out in a dark room and figure out gravity or something. I love interstellar. Number two, God's timing isn't always my timing. That was a really hard one that I had to learn. I thought if I just continued to pursue God that everything would just be figured out. There's a season where I was so focused on my end goal that I'd never actually asked God what was my next step. And so for what I thought was gonna be maybe days, turned into weeks, turned into months of God just saying, come to me come to me, come to me. So I kept pursuing, 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 looking for answers, spending hours and times of prayer and fasting. And finally, after months, I audibly heard God say, here. And I honestly, I try and tell my kids this as much as I can. I've only heard God audibly like twice in my life. Calls can be placed on like your mind, your heart, but this was like an audible like here. And I like looked around, I was like, who's punking me right now? Cause I was out of Bible college. And lastly, I want to remind you that with your heart right with God, full of the Holy Spirit, be the change that you want to see. It was spoken over me growing up from my youth pastor, and I, wanted, I want to speak it over you. That I honestly, I honestly hear my heart. I do believe that everyone in this, world, in this room is a world changer. You have the opportunity, the skill set, to change the world around you whether that be in your schools, whether that be in your jobs, your relationships, your families, whether that's tomorrow or whether that's 13 years from now, I honestly believe that you guys are gonna change anywhere from one life to 30,000. So with your heart right with God, with knowing that he will equip you and he will protect you, God's got you. And I'm looking forward to the testimonies the fruit that is going to come out of, out of this, this ministry. I'm looking forward to hearing about the victories that have come in his name because of each and every single one of you. So when those things do happen, I highly, highly encourage you to tell somebody. Tell somebody on staff, tell, tell a small group leader. And so we can celebrate that together. That is something that I've learned over time. So to bear fruit... Like Paul, it's my prayer for you to be full of the Spirit, knowing of the gospel, and having longevity in mind. So would you bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Lord, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you that you have a plan for their future. 
I thank you for the work that has come before us, that is happening right now in hearts and minds, and that will continue to happen as we continue to pursue you, as we continue to know you, as we continue to give, give you an hour, a week, a month, a year, that God, that we would put you first. And Jesus, I pray that out of this ministry, out of everyone in this house, that we would see victories in your name, that we would see lives changed because of you. Jesus, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Jesus, I pray that it would continue to wash over just those who walk into this place. Would they know you so, so well? For right now, God, even the rest of the Spirit who, who's angry with you, Jesus, I pray that you would grant them your, your overwhelming peace. Would you just touch their heart? For God, for those who, who need you to show up in this certain situation in their life right now, God, would you show up? God, would you give us a reason to praise you? Would you give us a reason to celebrate? Would you give us a testimony in your name? Jesus, for somebody who's, who's, who's even still going through something or waiting on a calling or, or something, Lord, would you give them the patience that they need? Would you give them per the persistence and the pursuit that they need in this season? And God, I thank you for each and every single person in this room as I go forward. As it will continue to change the world. So like Paul did, would you give them the persistence, the heart of courage? Would you continue to equip them and give them the boldest, boldness that they need? Speak to us, God. We are listening and we are ready. We love you, Lord. And everyone said, amen.